John 6.63 tells us that his, his words are spirit and they are life. So as we open up the word today, it's the gateway into the real you. It's the, it's the mirror of who you truly are. It's, it's life in the spirit. It's, it goes beyond the fog of what we see in the natural that shows us who we truly are. It shows us the kingdom of God from God's perspective. So Lord, we pray today that as we open your word, that you would expose all the lies of the evil one concerning our life, that you would root out every avenue where the enemy's come in and taken ground that doesn't belong to him. That you would free your people, Lord, from the schemes and the deceptions of the enemy. And we decree today that the enemy truly is a defeated foe. That you defeated him at the cross. You made a, a procession over him. You take away, took away his power and his authority over us today. We pray that as we open your word, not only would it root out, but it would build and plant according to your mind and your ways, that you would show us life from your perspective. We thank you that your words are spirit and they are life, that they go deep past the mind and the intellect and the emotions and the will of every person here. And they cut like a two-edged sword right into our spirit man. They discern the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Your word, Lord, is like a lamp unto our feet. So, Lord, as your word goes forth, let it do what it's supposed to do. We welcome all the angels of heaven into this place today. Ministering angels, those that minister to the heirs of salvation, would you come now and clear the pathway for every believer to receive, for every person to receive? We take authority over every work of darkness. You have no power, no right, no authority. We break confusion. We break despair. We break all the lies of the evil one. And we clear this place to receive the word of the Lord today. It shall go forth and accomplish everything that you purposed it to do in Jesus' name. And I decree over every person that you are strong and mighty and able to receive the living Word of God, that it's going to transform you today. It's going to give you keys that are going to stop the works and the plans of the evil one. And it will set you up for sustained success in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Look to your neighbour and say he was praying that for you today. Come on, tell them. They need to hear it. He was praying that for you today, especially you. I want you to turn in your Bibles to James, the book of James, chapter 3, verse 14. I've got a great message for you today. You've come to the right place at the right time. God's going to give you keys that are going to help you today. Because that's the heart of God is to help us, to deliver us to show us. So there are people today, you're wondering why things aren't going the way that they should. Why there's not sustained success and breakthrough. And I've got a word for you today that's going to help you. Say, I like to be helped. Good, I'm here to help you. James 3.14. 
As you know, we're doing a series on relationships and the love of God and how to do relationships well. And what happens when we don't do relationships well? You need to understand that the way you relate to people has a big effect on the way that you receive from God. They're, they're, not, they're not divorced of each other. It's, it's bemusing, really, to see people who think that they can treat others poorly and still receive well from the Lord. As you've done it to the least of these, you do it to me. Horizontal, vertical relationships are all interconnected. And so I want to show you today how to not just succeed in your relationships, but how that impacts the way that you receive from God and get breakthrough. So look with me at James 3.14. Are you ready? Yeah. Have you found it? Yeah. It's an easy book to find. It's in the New Testament. <laughs> if you have bitter envy and self-seeking or strife, in your hearts don't boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it's earthly, sensual or sense-based, demonic. I want to talk to you today about how to get strife out of your life and why it's so important to get strife out of your life. Verse 16, for where there is envy and self-seeking, or again, that word is strife, where there's envy and strife, there is confusion or disorder in your life and every evil thing or every evil work. When there's strife in your life, there is confusion and every evil work. Evil works, what's that mean? Poverty, depression, sickness. Anything that comes out of the kingdom of darkness is fair game. When you operate in envy and strife, there is confusion and every single evil work. And sometimes we're praying, God, why is there so much calamity and challenges in my life? And I believe James is giving us a great key. When you operate in strife in your life, when there is anger and, and, and there is an overt display of aggression or frustration with people, whether they can hear it or not, you open up your heart to confusion and every evil work of the enemy. Let me tell you something about the devil, apart from the fact that I hate him. The devil is a defeated foe. He has no authority or power over you. The only power he has is that which you delegate. He takes your power and uses that against you. In and of himself, he has no authority over you in your life. He's not that big and he's not that powerful. But if you open the door to him... He will rob you silly. That's why the devil works 24-7 to get you into a life of strife, to get you offended, to get you critical, because that will give him access into your life. Confusion and evil works will reign. The moment you get into strife, the moment you release your mouth in anger and resentment and critical, uh, critical spirit, the moment you do that, you are opening up your heart for the devil to run riot. I don't know about you, but I don't want that to happen in my life. 
When you were born again, you were delivered from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love. That kingdom is a kingdom of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's a kingdom of prosperity and healing and wholeness. It's a kingdom where you are protected. The angel of the Lord encamps around those that, that fear Him. It's a kingdom of continual favour and blessing. And the only way that the enemy can take that from you is for you to open up a door for him to walk into. You are protected. You are covered. You are blessed. But the moment you step into strife, you are opening up a doorway for him to come and take that which belongs to you. The devil wants to steal, kill and destroy And without any authority to do that, he's going to trick you into handing over that which belongs to you. And he does that by accessing through strife. I want you to think about this thought. Your words that you speak attract spiritual beings into your life. Did you hear that? The words that come out of your mouth attract spiritual beings into your life, whether angelic or demonic. Your words are powerful. And when you get into strife, you are attracting that which you don't want in your life. Daniel chapter 10 says that the angel of the Lord came because of Daniel's words. Did you hear that? The angels that are in heaven that are sent to minister and to bring you into your inheritance are sent because of what you speak. If you speak the word of the Lord, you activate them. If you get into strife and contention and critical spirit, you are attracting that which you don't want in your life. It's very quiet in here. Come on. And if you give place to the devil, there's nothing that Jesus can do to save you. Because he's given you the authority over the works of the devil. God, help me out of this mess. He says, you help yourself. You're hung by your tongue. You speak the word and you either bring me into the circumstance or you empower the enemy into your circumstance. I want you to turn with me to Genesis 13, 7. You still there? See, right throughout the day, spiritual dynamics are happening. See, this is why we need to be conscious to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Why? Because right throughout your day, there are sp- I don't need you to get weird about this, but conscious of it, that the way I conduct myself, my behavior, my speech, my conduct is activating spiritual influences over my life. That's why you can walk into houses, homes, uh, businesses, and you can sense a presence in that place and largely because of the conduct and the speech and what's been taking place. You can feel a home of contention and strife and you can feel a place where peace reigns. Spiritual dynamics are taking place all around you every day. If, so that's why the Bible says, by your words you're justified and by your words you're condemned. Yeah. Every idle word that you speak, right. every powerless word, every word without power, you, know, you, you have to give an account for that. That's why Paul says, don't, don't get caught up in foolish jesting and unwholesome words. Why? Because you are activating the spirit realm over you. Yeah. Well, I, I, that doesn't sound really fair. That's the way the kingdom works. That's how you got born again. You believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth. And that activated the kingdom of God in your life. 
And as you enter the faith, so you walk in the faith. We need to understand that when we get into strife, we're inviting that which we don't want to conceive and birth. Have you got Genesis 13 yet? I'm glad. And it says, and there was, say it loudly. There was strife between the herdsmen of Abraham and of Lot. Verse 8, Abraham says to Lot, please let there be no strife. Why did he say that? Because Abraham knew that wherever there was strife, it inhibits the favour and the increase of the Lord. Did you hear that? Is not the whole land before you? Verse 9, please separate from me. Did you hear those words? Please separate, separate from me. So Abraham's showing us something. Whenever there is strife, you separate yourself from favor. Lot could no longer stay with Abraham because where the blessing is, there's always peace and wholesome words and life being spoken. Wherever there's strife, there's a disconnect between the blessing of God and me. Are you getting this? Is not the whole land before you? If you... He says, please separate from me. If you take the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. In other words, you're saying, it doesn't matter what direction, where you place me, because I'm a man of peace, I will succeed. See, the issue is not what side of town you were born in. The issue is not about your education. The issue is not about any of those things. It's whether you will stay in the realm of peace. So the kingdom of God can be established in your life. Wherever there's peace, Satan is crushed. The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. Wherever there's peace, like Jesus sleeping in the boat, the waves cannot take you out. Wherever there is strife and conflict and anger and resentment, the enemy has a field day. So Lot, you've got to go. Wherever there's strife in your life, you need to say, it's time for you to go. Goodbye. See you later. Find somewhere else to go. You're leaving. My heart is a heart of peace. And if you're watching things, if you've got relationships, aside from your wife, of course, you know, uh, there's some things you can't let go of. You just need to pray for a change. But uh, when there are things that you can control, you need to deal with it. You need to separate yourself from things that cause you to be in strife. Attitudes of your heart, you need to deal with. This is a big deal, church. This is not James suggesting that you just think about strife. You need to deal with strife and root it out of your heart. Because if you don't, it will take you out when you're driving down the road. I've had a few days where I've spoken some colourful suggestions to the people in front of me about their driving skills and whether they really did have a license and whether they really should be on the road as they ought. They should suggest that they catch a bus or walk. And they can't hear me, but you see, this realm can hear me. The enemy can hear me. And when I get into strife, I am opening up the door for him to do every evil work and bring confusion to my life. If you're confused about your life, your future, what you should do, if you're seeing activities of the enemy in your life, may I suggest to consider whether your life is full 
of strife. It's very good. Now turn to Romans 6.11. We've got a few things to cover. Romans 6.11, see, if you yield to the enemy, you will conceive his attitudes and give birth to his program. Did you hear that? If you yield to the enemy, you will conceive his attitude and give birth to his program. And I do not want to yield to the enemy. That word yield, I want you to picture in your mind. It's like spiritual uh, uh, coming together. It's like an intercourse spiritually, like come, becoming one flesh, one mind. And, and this is what this passage is about. If you yield to the enemy, you will conceive his attitudes and then you will give birth to his program. And I don't want to give birth to that which is of the enemy. I'm sure you don't either. I don't want to give birth to brokenness and despair and poverty and sickness. And it all begins by yielding to his attitudes. Likewise, you reckon yourself dead to sin and alive to God each day. Do not let sin reign in your body. That includes your mouth. That you would obey its lust. So you don't have to speak everything you feel. Because remember last week, feelings are belief indicators, but not always truth indicators. Just because you feel something doesn't mean it's true. Your feelings follow your beliefs. So if you don't feel great, change your beliefs. Get your beliefs lined up with the truth and you'll believe right and feel right. There you go. Saved you a hundred bucks going to the psychologist. That's where it begins. Thy word have I hid in my heart, so I won't sin against you. Don't present or yield your members or your mouth as a weapon or an instrument of unrighteousness. See, your mouth becomes a weapon that destroys God's plan and blessing for your life. It's like a gun that you've got. And you open your mouth and you cuss somebody and you get angry with someone and you've just blown up the purposes of God for that day. Pull. Paul says, don't yield your members as weapons of unrighteousness. But he says... However, present yourselves to God or yield yourself to God as a life from the dead. So I'm no longer how I used to be. I may have been a, a cussing, fussing, angry young person, but I'm dead to that old nature. I have a new nature, the nature of Christ in me. And that's what I'm calling out. Yeah. Philemon 1.6 says, it says that we are to acknowledge every good thing that's in us in Christ Jesus. So I need to tell myself who I truly am. The devil wants me to align myself with an old nature. Wow. So I yield my body as a weapon of righteousness to God. My mouth, Lord, today is going to sing your praises. It's going to speak words of affirmation. It's going to build up and not tear down. It's going to be a mouth of grace. It's going to bring grace to the hearer. It's going to edify. It's going to lift up and not tear down. For this I was called to bring blessing. For you shall not sin, verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. So what's Paul saying? There is a grace at work in your life for this to happen. You think, oh, I don't know if I could ever change the way I speak. You are not under law, self-effort, but you're under grace. There is a grace of God for you to overcome strife and contention in your life. How do I know? Because inside your spirit are the fruits of a reborn spirit, peace, 
joy, love, self-control, etc., etc. It is all there in its fullness. You say, well, I don't have peace. I don't have self-control. Yes, you do. It's in you. The Bible says it is. It's in your spirit, man. And your job is to acknowledge it, even when I don't feel like I have peace. Lord, your word says that I have the fruit of peace in my life. So by faith, I'm going to access that today. Lord, let your peace flow out of my spirit into my mind, my will, and my emotions. You say there's a grace today to walk in peace and joy and all that you want me to do. And there's going to be no strife in my life. You acknowledge every good thing that's in you. Don't you know that whoever you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slave, whether of sin to death or obedience to righteousness. I want to yield my mouth unto the Lord today. I want to come each morning and say, Lord, I'm your slave. And I come into alignment with what you say about me and what you say about others. I surrender my mouth to you. We are in a season, church, where what we speak is being highlighted all around the body of Christ. This is a season where the body of Christ has to align itself with blessing the city, blessing those in authority, blessing those in our family, blessing our spiritual leaders, blessing our colleagues, blessing those in church with us. God is saying, church, it's time to realize that the kingdom of God is within you and it's released through what you speak and you are powerful. And instead of tearing down, you are called to build and bring glory to my name by what you say. Isn't it interesting? I, I shared with you a number of weeks about the Hebrew calendar, 5780. 5770 was a decade of seeing. So we went through a decade where according to the Hebrew calendar and God works in sequences and seasons where he was opening the eyes of the body of Christ to see who they were. We went through a whole decade where identity was being highlighted, didn't we? We began to see who we truly are, not, not orphans, not slaves, but we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We begin to see who we truly are. And now we're entering a decade where God is highlighting that which we speak. 5780 is all about speaking, releasing words from our mouth. Are you getting this? Now, this is a little segue, but I just can't help myself. Is it all right if I just segue for five minutes? Just It'll highlight the point. Amos says that God does nothing, and, but he reveals his secret to his prophets. Whatever God's doing in the world, whatever God's highlighting, he is revealing to those with eyes to see and ears to hear. Jesus spoke in the parables, Mark 4, that he who has ears, let him hear. That's why he spoke in parables, so in seeing they won't see, in hearing they won't hear. In other words, it's only, the kingdom's only discovered by those who have a passion to see, that look beyond just the natural, but they go deep into the things of the Spirit. They hunger. Your hunger determines your level to see in the Spirit. If you're casual, then you won't see. That's why Jesus spoke in parables. So the disinterested would walk past and the seed would fall to the ground and bear no fruit. 
But those that are hungry have the ability to sustain the seed that's in their heart. It won't kill them. It'll grow up and bear fruit. So God speaks to us because he wants us to know what he's doing in this season. Speaks to us. And we say primarily and first and foremost through the word of the living God. If it doesn't line up with the word, chuck it out. Speaks to us through the inner voice of the spirit. He, he speaks deep, spirit to spirit. We, we hear the voice of the spirit inside. He speaks to us through dreams and visions. And he speaks to us through things that are natural. He speaks to us through physical encounters when we look around us and we see what God's doing. Did you notice that just last week we had the Melbourne Cup? Why am I talking about this? Because I'm talking about strife and words and the power of your words over your life and those around you. Let me read out the order of the first four place getters. Are you ready? This is how it happened at the start. Vow and declare, master of reality, prince of Aaron and paradiso. Is that how you pronounce it, Walter? It's Italian. But isn't it interesting that Master reality came second. That's, master reality is a picture of that which is in the natural having the right to determine who we are. Vow and declare comes first. Master reality, prince of Aaron. And Aaron, think about this. Aaron, what's he famous for in the Bible? He's a spokesperson for Moses. He's a mouthpiece. Paradiso is the Italian word for heaven. So as they come to the final bit, there's a, there's a block and there's this contention between heaven and master of reality. And as they go in, the stewards determine that master of reality has to be relegated to fourth place. Varon declares first, Aaron second, heaven's third, and master of reality is placed fourth. I think in that little race, that God was saying to us there is great contention over heaven's agenda and earth's agenda, over the flesh and the spirit. And those that learn to declare the word of the Lord shall reign supreme in this hour. God was speaking to us. And so when we get into strife, master of reality, isn't it interesting that that race, there was contention. There was a block. There was, there was pushing and shoving because the enemy wants to get us into the flesh. But through our words, we elevate that which is of the spirit over that which is of the flesh. Isn't that interesting? So very quickly, because time has gone away, I just want to give you a couple of points about how to get out of strife. Are you ready? I'm going to race through these like a Melbourne Cup racehorse. (laughs) Number one, you ready? These are going to be quick, so you have to hang on. Hold on to that saddle. Number one, how to get out of strife. Number one, don't be selfish. Come on, give me a big hand for that one. In the last days, men and women will become lovers of themselves. This is a point you may not like, but it's so true. Listen, Proverbs 13.10, by pride comes nothing but strife. By pride comes nothing but strife. Pride is the root cause of strife. 
And pride comes from being self-centred. We lash out because of selfishness. Strife primarily comes because we're selfish in nature. Someone cuts us off and we're so concerned because we don't want to be late to the shops to buy our groceries and that 30 seconds, you've cost me now because I'm stuck at the red lights. It's going to ruin my whole day. And so that's enough for me to lash out at you because you've ruined my day. Don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. See, parents with children, our job is to teach them that the world is bigger than themselves. In this selfie world, where everyone's so obsessed, you know, you have to take pictures every time you go to the toilet or eat a, have something to eat. Like the whole world wants to know that, you know, you've got new underpants or whatever it is. We're so engrossed with your life, you know, it's so important that we know all about you. People are taking selfies as people have tried to kill them. It's a self-obsessed world. And so our job as parents is to teach our children that the world is bigger than you, that you're put on this planet by God to serve other people, that we put other people beyond ourselves. That's the way of God. God is a self for other God. Love by definition has to flow out to other people. And we get caught up in strife because primarily we're self-centered. And I'm tired, I don't want to do that, I don't want to, I don't want to help you. And so we get into contention. Our opinions, our, 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 we need to justify ourselves. You've misunderstood me. So I'm going to argue with you until my point is superior than your point. And so we would, we would ruin relationships because of self-centeredness. Because it's so important that we be heard and understood you know, we're in a generation where everyone needs to have their say and be understood and cuddled and felt, where we're so important. But it just leads to strife in relationships. Nobody wants to give. Everybody has to have their, have their way, has to win. And what we don't realise is that when we get into strife, we are opening up a door for the enemy to come in and to have his way. And I don't want to give the enemy anything. Number two, you ready? So don't be selfish. Well, how do I stop being selfish? I'll tell you in a second. Number two, be aware of the cracks and quickly plug them. Proverbs 17, 14 says, The beginning of strife is like when water first trickles from a crack in a dam. Therefore, stop contention and strife before it becomes worse and quarrelling breaks out. That's Proverbs 17, 14. Of course, we don't wake up in the morning and say, I know, I'm going to drive down the street and I'm going to look for 10 people that I can abuse, cut off, yell at, stick my finger up at them, wind my window down, and even consider getting out of my car and hitting them. I'm going to upset my wife, I'm going to yell at my kids, I'm going to get to work, and I'm going to be a pain all day. No, I hope... You don't wake up like that. If you do, there's prayer at the end of the service. I've called Pastor John today. He's got a special anointing today to cast out antagonistic spirits. No, it, it comes one minor irritation after another. We don't get enough sleep. Maybe we, we heard bad news and it builds up. So you've got to be beware of the cracks and plug them. 
Keep a check on yourself throughout the day. Monitor your heart throughout the day. When you drive a car, hopefully you look at the gauges. How hot the car is running, how fast you're going, how much petrol's in the car. If you never look at it, one day your car will blow up or run out of petrol. But it's the same with this. Many of us go throughout the whole day and never do a check on our heart. I'm getting agitated. I feel really grumpy today. I need to stop and refuel. I need to spend some time in the Word and praise. I need to start affirming who I am in Christ. I need to start purposefully saying kind words over people, even when I don't feel like it. Plug up the cracks. Be aware. What do I do to stop being in strife? Well, take care of it's the little foxes. It's just the little things. Maybe you need to get some sleep. Maybe you need to turn off Facebook and go to bed at a reasonable hour if that's what you need. Maybe you need to do a whole lot of things, but be aware of what's taking place in your life. We don't want to give the enemy a foothold in our life. I want the blessing of God to flow. Number three, you need to purposefully live in the Spirit. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 3, we're almost done. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal, as babies in Christ. I fed you with milk and not solid food, for until now you can't receive it. He goes on to say, where there's envy, strife, and divisions, you're carnal. Can I say something to you now? that may hurt just a tiny bit, like a little, but it's, it's, good. it's a good hurt. Strife in your life will keep you a baby Christian. Paul says, if you let strife come in, you won't be able to perceive the deeper things of God. If you're wondering why you're not growing in your faith when Sometimes you hear people speak about the deeper things of God, the meat of the word, and it goes over here. Maybe there's too much contention and strife. Paul says where there's strife, you can't take solid food. The enemy, see, he steals the revelation that should be yours. There's every evil work. And one of the evil works is he steals what belongs to you. The revelation that should be yours, you've lost because of strife. That was a good word, Andrew. Thank you. Give the Lord a hand. He says, there was a golf clap, wasn't it? Try again. That's better. Strife creates confusion. We read that in James. What's confusion? It, it, that's like a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So the word of the Lord comes and it doesn't take root. There's confusion. It's not the ability to grow and to change and to grasp the things of the Spirit because you've allowed strife into your life. So Paul says, we'll walk in the Spirit and we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. We're going to purposefully today live in the Spirit. We're going to walk in the Spirit. We're not going to let strife in. And because we don't let strife in, the Spirit of God's going to reign and I'm going to be able to perceive all that God wants for my life. See, this is a decision to make. We keep ourselves in the love of God. When we pray in the Spirit throughout the day, Jude says, as we pray in the Spirit, not only do we build up our most holy faith, 
See, what happens when you pray in the Spirit, you are making yourself aware that a greater reality exists inside you. Because it doesn't make sense in that. You're reminding yourself that you are a man and a woman of the Spirit. As we pray in the Spirit, we build our faith, and it says, and we keep ourselves in the love of God. As you pray in the Spirit, the love of God in your spirit begins to flow into every aspect of your life. You no longer want to be lashing out at people, hurting people, speaking negative words, because your mouth has now attuned to the things of the Spirit. We surrender our mouths. Why do so many people in the body of Christ have issues, an issue with tongues? One of the reasons is because they have no control over their mouth. Stay in the love of the Spirit. Yeah. Psalm 31.20 says, You will hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of man. You will keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. When we put ourselves into the realm of the Spirit, He will protect us from all the evil plans of the enemy. He will protect us from the outworking of strife as I put myself deep into His heart. You've got to make sure every day that you consciously live in the Spirit. Acknowledge God inside me is a man of love. Inside me is a man of peace. Inside me is a man that wants to do good, that wants to release grace. That's who you've made me to be. Consciously acknowledge who you are. Walk in the Spirit and you'll never fulfill. You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So you're saying to me, Andrew, I can go a whole day without being contentious and in strife. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Because if you walk in the Spirit, you will not, not maybe, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Why? Because the Spirit will war against the flesh. Yeah. Like the flesh wars against... The enemy, sorry, the, the, the Holy Spirit will begin to war against every emotion, every circumstance that would cause you to get in strife. He will go to battle for you. Did you hear that? Yeah. All right, and the last point. I don't want to get in strife. Do you? I want to be free from strife. I want to be so sensitive that I'm not opening the door in my marriage, my family, my workplace, wherever I am. And I get into strife. And you get into strife, but it opens the door. Lastly, how do we stop getting into strife? Number four, be a peacemaker. Say with me, I am, I am. a peacemaker. Matthew 5, 9 says that sons and daughters of God are peacemakers. I have a peacemaking factory inside me. It's called the Holy Ghost. I have peace inside I'm a peacemaker. So that means... Inside me is peace. And every time I go into a, a circumstance that's got conflict, peace is released. And then God makes some more. I'm a peacemaker. I release peace. D didn't Jesus say, Luke 10, 5, whenever you enter a house, that you have to release the peace that's inside you into that house? Remember that? So this week you're going to go into places that are contentious, relationships that are contentious. Remind yourself, I have a peacemaking factory inside me. Yeah. There's more than enough. The Prince of Peace lives in me and I'm going to purposely release my peace into the troubled storms. He says, whenever you enter a house, release your peace. And if there's a son of peace there, let your peace remain on him. 
So he's saying to us that you and I are called to father the sons. That in our city, there are sons that are longing for peace. There's people that you're going to meet this week that are in turmoil, that are in pain, that are wanting to be fathered and mothered in the ways of peace. They've never known peace, but you have the Prince of Peace inside you. Their lives are out of control. Maybe they've heard really bad news, terminal news. Maybe there's turmoil in their family. You have peace inside you to release into their life. Be a peacemaker. Maturity is when I respond and not react. And God's peace inside me is going to crush Satan under my feet. Peace is one of the most powerful weapons that God has given us. My peace inside me is more than enough for every storm that I will face. Say with me, I have a peacemaking factory inside me. You have, that's right. Every born-again believer has the peace of God inside them, waiting to be multiplied and released into every storm that you face. Now, as we close today, I want to say to you, it may not be possible to live free from strife in every circumstance. There's some things that you don't have ultimate control over. But you need to make these commitments today. This is what you can do. Number one, I will commit this week to speaking grace words to everyone I come in contact with. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good for the use of edifying, that it would minister grace unto the hearers. I am committing this week to release words of grace that would build up, that would edify. And when I catch myself pulling someone down, I'm going to repent of that, close the door to the enemy and then walk in grace and build people up, not tear them down. And that, in, see, that includes the TV. You go, well, they can't hear it, but, but the enemy can hear it and it's done something to your heart. You've just opened the door. So I'm committed to speaking words of life in grace. But number two, I'm going to avoid where possible relationships that stir up unnecessary strife. I won't read it, but you can, if you take your notes, Proverbs 17, verse 1, and Psalm 101, verse 5, talk about the value of peace over everything. If you're in relationships today that you don't need to be in, you need to reevaluate them. If there's causing you to slander or stirring strife and and malicious words, then you need to get out of that. David talked about the fact that his friendship circle around him were men and women of faith that spoke the word of God, not pulled people down. So if you've had a week of slander, of, of stress, if you had a week where you feel like you've just given into strife, don't beat yourself up. Say, Lord, thank you today that you've corrected me and reproved me and you've shown me. Because the Bible says that those he loves, his children, that he, he disciplines us for our own good. So we would become more and more like him. So, Lord, we just pray that wherever we've released words that have been words of strife, we repent of that. 
And we close the door to all the evil work of the enemy in our life. And we will be a people that speak words of faith, of grace, of blessing, and of life towards each other, towards ourselves, and everyone around us. And we say to you, Satan, you have no authority or power over our mouth and over our actions. We submit to the Lord Jesus Christ right now. Every word, every act, we become conscious that, Father, the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart are to be acceptable in your sight. So why don't you just ask the Lord right now to remove any area of strife, of contention in your heart or externally, where there's been agitation and anger and frustration. We surrender it to you this day. In Jesus' mighty name. And as we go into Christmas, Lord, teach us how to do relationships really well. To lift each other up and to love one another. In Jesus' name. Amen.